0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Get a test from me. Hey guys, it's another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm using
1: that. (laughs) San Diego's. Number one sports broadcast podcast network. <laughs> Threw me off my game. This episode 60. What's up, Wade? Back in studio. Yeah. It's kind of looking like Mordor out there. Is it? You just wanted to use that line. I did. I don't think it is. Uh, San Francisco does. So San Francisco more Um, that tweet that was uh, about that put the put the music from Blade Runner over the drone footage is pretty eerie. Did you watch that? I did not. Uh, you should have watched it. It was posted in the group. Uh. it's cool. Anyway, does it look more like that or Mordor? I was also thinking kind of. I'm. Getting, did you see Constantine with Keanu Reeves?
0: I did not. God damn it! Sorry. It did kind of look like this is the end. Did you see that? Yeah. So that's that's similar.
1: So Keanu Reeves and Constantine. Do you know the lore of Constantine? He's a Marvel guy. No. No. Anyway, he goes to hell, and it kind of looks like that too. Like gotcha. he- hell is. It's like a real. It looks like our world, but it's just fire and demons and shit, and uh, it kind of looked like that. So California, off to a good start here, 2020, having a good time. Um, of course, it's our fault for not wreaking the leaves, obviously. Avi. Obvi. So this is episode 60, and before before we get into the, the real nitty-gritty of the show, I just wanted to acknowledge how good Don and Mud have been this year. So good. They're the best in the business, aren't they?
0: Would no doubt agree.
1: We've seen – there's been rankings out there. Have you seen broadcaster rankings? I have. I think it's mostly just fans stuffing like ballot
0: boxes. Like, right. The not... bigger cities are going to beat us.
1: Yeah. Um, did you know that Don is in his fifth year of a six-year deal? It's been that long? Yeah. Wow. It's kind of hard to remember a time when we didn't have him though. Like I remember when it was Dick Emberg and uh, it was – that was pre-Don Orsillo. Don – there was a transition year I think in the middle. RIP. Yeah. Uh, but Don – it feels like Don's never – not been here. He's, he's fit in so well. And him and mud have the best chemistry of anyone.
0: They do. They're and great together.
1: Even like Jerry Coleman and Ted Leitner, Like these, these guys are clearly good friends. They love doing games together. Doesn't, it, it's not even work for those guys. Um, but Donnie is a free agent after this season or next season. Sorry. I hope he doesn't go the Matty V route. And I, I, I'm only mentioning that because. You think it can't happen and it happens. So he was really popular with the Red Sox when he was leaving. I don't know the circumstances of why he decided to leave. I think well the Padres offered him more money,
0: but he wanted to open Don Angelo. Intelli- Don Oof. He wanted to open Don Tangelos. Intelli- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Donatangelos. Donatangelos in Coronado. They serve the best pizza. But he there was a petition to keep him in Boston. There were 65,000 person Petition. That's a lot of signatures for a, a, a broadcaster. And he left. So let's let's not just take him for granted and assume he's gonna stay. As much as he loves it here, he's built a family here or not he's built a, a life here. I'd like to think there's no chance of him leaving, but there is a chance that he leaves. You never know. So I just wish uh I want to take a second to acknowledge how good he's been this year and how good they've been. And uh hopefully he stays longer than he stayed in Boston. He was in Boston for fifteen years, so I'd like to see him get past that number and then, you know, go into Cooperstown as a padre. That'd be great. On today's show, we're going to check in on the trades. So it's been about a, a week and some change since some of these trades happened. I took a couple L's, I think, on my initial reaction grades
0: or trade grades.
1: It's a it's an emotional process grading a trade for you. You're team. very emotional. Have you noticed that? No, but <laughs> I, I try to be I try to be rational and fair on all the trades. And sometimes F. 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 That's not what happened at all. <laughs> I gave one F out, and you know that that's not looking like a, a good one so far. Uh, the other trades, and it's still really like you know it's hard to grade a trade. We tried to grade it right after it happened. Now we're regrading it a week later. It's not. That's not really how trades work. So we'll see. We're, we're talk about that. Also, the call ups. So there's been a couple really significant call ups that have happened. And they have not been impactful call-ups, but they're call-ups nonetheless. And one of them was Luis Camposano. He was who impactful for a day. Had a great day, didn't yeah. he? A day of days. Yeah. Top four prospect in the system, I think by most industry people and for good reason. And then Jorge Onya, who we thought would be dangled in a lot of potential trades. Maybe, Maybe it was this year, maybe – He's a player to be named later in some of these other deals that happened in the offseason or earlier in the season. Really good trade candidate, Jorge Oña. And they hit him on the 40-man roster early. He's part of that 2016 international class. I mean, he's an older guy too. So I thought, you know, if, if they really loved him so much, I know he's had some injuries, but they would have, you know, maybe given him a shot already. And maybe they don't love him. And that's why we could see him in a trade. But anyway, he's been at the alternate site doing what he does, which is mash. Um, he's Fran mill jr. Or baby Fran. If you want to call him, he deserved a call up and he got one finally. And we'll, we'll talk about him in uh,
0: Campuzano in a second, but Wade got a new ad read this week. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year,
1: especially if you're in San Diego, not that it matters, but,
0: but you can still be in on the action at bet online. Uh, Ryan and I will give you our locks of the week. And voice cracks of the and week, too. it always comes during the ad read. <laughs> um, Doing locks of the week this year. Come at the end of the show. <laughs> but from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, Wade, no. Wade found that out the hard way. <laughs>
0: So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Do you know? Last year,
1: we did a, we did the super contest together where we are picking you know five games every week against the spread. And last year we finished at I think it was fifty five and a half percent picking games, fifty six percent maybe. I think so. Yeah, I think it was right at fifty six. That's pretty good. Making money. I would take that. Um. Before we get into the rest of the show, another little shout-out, good friend Travis Radke, friend of the show Travis Radke. Released from from, uh, the alternate site a couple days ago. Um, It's too bad. I mean, the Padres have a lot of talent. They're the the deepest system in baseball. They have one of the best teams at the major league level in baseball this year. And they had to make a decision with Travis, and unfortunately, they had to let him go, and now he's a free agent, and he's going to go look into – you know, find another team, and I'm sure he'll get picked up somewhere. I think there's too much talent. He had a lot of su- success in the bullpen when he transitioned there a couple years ago. Is a lefty? There, I mean, lefties don't ever die. Like he's going to pitch. I wouldn't be surprised if Travis was pitching in the majors when he was like 42. You know, like this, these guys don't disappear. He'll find he'll find a place to play somewhere.
0: Wish him the best.
1: Yeah. And also of note, I, I saw this on Twitter and I thought it was worth repeating to our scores of listeners. Um, this is via M I L B advocates. You can follow them on Twitter at M I L B advocates. Uh, I, I want I retweeted it, but I also wanted to mention here on the show. So as of Monday, many minor leaguers who were receiving the $400 weekly stipends, those stipends ended. So this is that we knew this, these were temporary payments to minor league players who didn't get to have a season this year If you're not at the alternate site, I don't really know what they're doing. I guess they're just off on their own trying to train or they're off on their own working as most of these guys probably are. And they were getting 400 bucks a week to kind of stay afloat. And that's not a lot of money to live on. And a minor league player currently in single A said this, being paid in the off season would be the difference in that one more mile per hour or that extra 10 feet on a deep fly ball. It could change lives if guys didn't have to spend time working a second job instead of chasing their career. And, you know, obviously MLB doesn't have a lot of sympathy for these guys because they don't pay them much. It's 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 basically – it's not a living wage. And we've talked about this many times on the show and other shows have all talked about it. But they don't pay a living wage because a lot of these guys have to work that second job. If you're not a top top draft pick and you have a signing bonus of a million dollars or you're an international free agent that comes over from Dominican and gets – you know, as, as recently as a few years ago, there was no – Limit on what they could have made. Like a lot of guys made ten plus million dollars, and now the top top international guys are making two, three, four million dollars as a signing bonus. But the guys that don't get that, the guys that are late draft picks, the guys that are you know under the radar international guys, don't get paid anything. They it's pennies for these major league teams, and it's it's sad, and um, it's going to end a lot of guys' careers, especially this year. Now that there's a, this emergency that arose, there there was no safety net for MLB to pay these they paid them 400 bucks a week and now that it's finally expired I don't know what happens to a lot of these guys so that's too bad I hope they stick around but it could it could end a lot of careers without us knowing it yet first topic of the day Wade let's check in on
0: the trades I never heard of half of these guys and the ones I do know are way past the prime most of these guys never had a prime this guy here is
1: dead so what was my most egregious uh you know, trade analysis from last week's show to you. The Austin Nola trade. Did a lot of people like that trade when it happened? Did you like that trade when it happened? No. I'll answer for you.
0: You didn't like it. Initially, no, because my boy, Taylor, R.I.P. Tay Tram. Uh, is now on to a illustrious career in Seattle. But Nola has looked pretty Pretty, pretty good.
1: So the the pieces that I think Matt, a lot of people are missing. Ty France right now, and to you, Ty France missers, I say, if he, if he was on the team right now, would you be like really like? Thank God, Ty France is there. Like that. No. Like Ty France was a nice bench player, a guy versatile defensively as well, but he wasn't blowing anyone's socks off. I think Ty France is a a guy to include in a trade. Is, is like, that's why we have Ty France is to include him in a trade right. and kind of Josh Naylor as well, unfortunately. And he, he wasn't involved in this trade, but I don't think we need Ty France right now. Mitch Moreland is going to play first base. Tommy Pham is going to come back soon. Greg Garcia is still around. He's pretty versatile defensively. Where do you think Ty France was going to play? He's going to get a lot of at-bats as as a platoon first baseman. I don't think that's impacting the season too much. No. So the real piece here was Taylor Trammell. And let's just let's break it down like this, because also earlier today I got word that Taylor Williams, who came over in this deal with Austin Nola, had to Aaron Nola's brother. So Austin, uh, him, and like a whole bunch of other minor leaguers from or uh, relief pitchers from Seattle came over. Taylor Williams was sent to the alternate site. I think that was today. Today, and uh, they they reactivated Emilio Pagan. So Taylor Williams, Dan Altavilla. I think it's, I think you say the Villa. I think you hit Villa hard.
0: The, the Altavilla.
1: Yeah. I said that when I was interviewing Ryan Davis last week and, and then I heard him say it. And then I, during the broadcast, I've only heard Altavilla. So it could be an Altavilla. Okay. And then Austin Adams, who's been hurt. He's not going to pitch. I don't know what he's going to pitch, but we'll find out. Those three bullpen pieces. Let's focus on NOLA for Taylor Trammell straight up. Austin Nola has been, you know, I don't know if it's arguable. He's been one of the, one of, if not the best hitting catcher in baseball this year. And it's a very small sample size, but he's come over and hasn't missed a beat. Like he's been, he's been the same player. Fuego. He's been the same guy. He's been the best hitting catcher in baseball. And in a short season where a short sample, you, you can no longer say, oh, it's a small sample size. You know what? The season ends in a couple weeks. So like the small sample size is all that matters. It's not like, oh, he's going to regress to the mean. He's, these numbers are going to normalize in, in three months. No, these are the numbers you have. This is it. So, like, is he the best hitting catcher in baseball for 2020? I, like, he, he's it's almost done. Yes, he is. So, Taylor Tamel for Austin Nola, straight up. Do you do that deal? Yes. Padres are serious about winning. Preller is very serious about winning. And... It hurts giving up Taylor Trammell, but they have a lot of options in the outfield. Maybe this was worth it. If it's Taylor Trammell for Austin Nola, you know, some some supplementary pieces on both sides, you know, some bullpen that really hasn't impacted us yet. But if it's just those two guys, that's a fair trade. I think that I'm going to bump that deal up to like a C. I think that's an easy swap. The Mariners don't need Austin Nola. They get an impact prospect who can help them as early as next year, potentially. And the Padres get... Their catcher for the present and the near future, and it's a team that's trying to win. So that's just like a straight up good trade for both teams. It seems like. And you're only giving it a C. In trading, in evaluating a trade, I think a C is just like it's down the middle. It's a it's an even deal. Like I don't I don't think one person or one club like got this huge advantage over another club.
0: C's get degrees.
1: They do. This is a this is a degree getting deal. So if I had to redo it – because like giving it a B means like we, we you know kind of crush Seattle on this. I don't think we crushed Seattle on this deal.
0: It's I mean, pretty fair, 50-50.
1: Yeah, I think C is a fair deal and uh, I'm not upset about it. Um, so that's why – you were upset with my Trevor Rosenthal deal. Let's talk about that for a second because Rosenthal, another guy who I kind of hammered last week because he hasn't been good the last couple of years. <laughs> like everyone was really excited to get him. It's like, okay, yeah, he's pitching great this season, but let's, can we pump the brakes and like talk about how he was almost out of baseball last season and two teams gave up on him because he couldn't throw a strike. Like he was striking a lot of dudes out, but he also walked everyone and was so erratic that teams couldn't have him on, like couldn't find a roster spot for him. So everyone's really excited by the numbers this year. Since he's got here, he's like, talk about a guy who wants to be in San Diego. Like there's no one. Him and Clevenger. There's no one who wants to be in San Diego more than those two guys. And they have fit in with the culture really well. They're interacting with the fans every day. You can watch that. And he's been great too. Like there's no doubt about it. He's with Kirby Yates down. um, We needed help at the back of the bullpen. You know, the seventh, eighth, ninth inning wasn't as good as we thought it was going to be this year. Rosenthal's added stability to it. And if he's small sample size or not, he's going to do that this year. He's going to be this version of himself this year. This is... This is an A trade. So I had it as a C minus-ish last week. This is an A. Like he brings a stability to this deal or this this uh, bullpen that, you know, Edward Olivares was just kind of useless in the outfield. Like him and all these other young outfielders that we have that, you know, aren't going to participate this year. He's an older guy too. We, we've talked about him a lot on the show. Liked him. Pottery saw what they had in him. He was clearly not quite ready. And I don't think they wanted to wait for him to be ready, which is fair too. I think the Royals got a good deal. They got a good player. It's a good high-risk, high high-reward high deal for the, the Royals. But the Padres got something they really needed. F- and, and in their eyes, they didn't have to give up much. From the Padres' perspective, I guess this is an A.
0: And it paved the way for Almonte to come back.
1: Thank God <laughs> we got Abraham Almonte back. dh the other day. Doesn't get better than that. If that's your... I, I love it. Bottom of the order, DH Abraham Almonte, who's real, who's really just an asset. Defense. Like, why? Why is he the DH? Why is he on the team? Why is he on the roster? <laughs> all, all good questions. Um, like, who would you replace him with, though? That, I mean, Onya is up. I'd just play Mateo over him. True. Also, but I think. Yeah, what? Okay, bring him up. He's not getting anything at the development site. So bring him up and I'll just put him on the bench. He's an, a late inning you know, defensive replacement maybe if Onya started that day. Um, yeah, put Mateo in left. I, I like what we've seen out of Mateo so far. I know he's – well, he's very young. He hasn't gotten a lot of you know, consistent playing time anywhere he's been, whether it was the Yankees or the A's or even here. He's fast as heck. <laughs> why don't we just – why don't we throw him out there and see what he does for a week? He he's, you know, out of like the eight or nine hole. What's he what's he doing different than Abraham Almonte?
0: Nothing. Nothing. Um but it is funny that uh all we needed was Rosenthal to be a nerd on Twitter for you to change it to an A. He just You he's, and him are just nerding out together. He's such
1: a likable guy. <laughs> and Clevenger too. Like uh just doing
0: kickflips in the in the locker room. Did you hear
1: the interview with Paul Hoyens last week from Cleveland.com? Yes. So as he was leaving the show, we were talking, or as I was wrapping the interview up, he's like, you nailed it. Like he made a mistake and he's a, he's a really great guy. Everyone here loved him, but he, he acknowledged he made a mistake and he's grown. He's going to move on from it. And he's gotten to San Diego, getting a fresh start. And he clearly fits in with the culture of this team. Definitely. He's having a lot of fun, which I, which I love to see from our guys. And he's also got the talent to back it up.
0: And Tony Hawk loves him.
1: I already got Tony Hawk in his back pocket. I mean, that's a that's an electric duo, Hawk oh. and
0: Clevenger. Tony Hawk shouted me out. I don't know what I did. Even
1: if you're Clevenger, yeah, <laughs> blow your mind. And we haven't even seen the best of Clevenger. You want to walk at that, that deal for a second? Because Clevenger's come in, uh, had kind of a tough luck first outing where like he got no run support and took the loss. And then the other day gave up three runs early to Colorado and then got bailed out because Slam Diego, you know, this, score runs. Strikes again. Score runs now here. No big deal. Um, yeah, just lead, just lead baseball and run scored. No big deal. Yeah, don't worry about it. So he, we bailed him out in that scenario. Like he, he was able to pitch freely after that. gave gave up another run, I think. And um, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. I'm not worried about that deal at all. He's a true ace that we haven't had since Jake Peavy. Like he's a top, a pretty unanimous top ten pitcher in baseball. So there's no about that. That was an A then. It's an A now, and I'm not worried about that deal at all. And those are the big ones. Those are the ones I wanted to check in on. The only real change, I think, well, Rosenthal, I guess I bumped up a lot because just if he's going to be this version of Rosenthal the whole season, which I hope he is, then it's a great deal for the Padres. And then the Nola deal, he he's added, like when you add another consistent hitter to the lineup, that changes so much about your lineup. It went from Hedges, who had nine hits on the season. In San Diego, by the way, he's got. I think I checked this yesterday. Um, it could have changed, but he has nine hits, and he's the same version of himself in Cleveland. Nothing's changed.
0: Nine hits in, in a Cleveland,
1: week, though. No, it's been a few weeks. He. I saw the batting average. You want to look it up? No, I saw the batting averages. His, his batting average is the same. Okay. Um, but adding Nola to the lineup makes the makes just the whole lineup look so much better because now it's a it's a threat to hit. He's he's sitting over three hundred again, um, because of last night he had he did some damage. It, it extends the lineup, which this lineup is dangerous. It's a really it's a good lineup when you when you ta- he can bat cleanup, he can bat seventh. Either either way, he's doing um, way more for this team than Hedges ever was. Even as you know a great clubhouse guy, an energy guy, a defensive guy, Nola's just doing a lot more for the team. So you got to bump that deal up. Good for him. By the way, just. Soapbox, Ryan, for a minute. Do you mind? Preach. How bad have the umpires been? So bad. So it's, it's getting, it's like a disease that's spreading across baseball slowly. To
0: tie it into your opening remarks, Mudcat is just so anti-umpires. He's lost all his patience
1: and I, (laughs) I don't blame him. So when you're a broadcaster and an ex-player now, and he's seen, he's, he's just done with the umpires as he, it's. it's the worst I've ever seen it. Do you think it has anything to do and it, it definitely does, but the little strike zone box we get on TV now. It's been there for several years, but has that little box made us so reliant on it so any ball that's you know a half inch off the plate or a quarter ball off the plate and the the umpire misses it and we crush him is is that really fair cuz the ball that's off the plate if it's you know a quarter ball back inside or it's a strike. If it catches any part of the plate, it's a strike. So sometimes these pitches look worse than they are.
0: True. Are we there, too
1: reliant on that thing?
0: I don't know. There's
1: been some horrendous. Oh, calls. <laughs> oh, I know there have been. So. Going into 2020, a lot of umpires decided they didn't want to be, you know, part of this, didn't want any part of the season. And, I saw like Twitter, like they're still opting. Are you allowed to still opt out? I'd assume. I guess. But going into the season, 11 umpires opted out, which was 12% of the workforce. So there are some replacements out there, but a lot of these guys are guys that have stuck around for a long time. Joe West is out there. If you've noticed Joe West, who is, uh, he's the guy that tossed. Isn't he the guy that tossed the Mike Rizzo the other day from the upper deck?
0: I didn't catch that.
1: What What are you watching on TV?
0: I don't have cable. Just watching the Office. Just Padres. Okay. Only Padres. Big Trump supporter. Also. Joe West. Joe West.
1: And COVID denier. Joe West is a COVID
0: denier. Yeah. Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good luck with that one. So Robo Umps are getting a trial in the minors starting next year. You know they've been in uh, the Arizona Fall League. I did not. And know that. they they played around with them a little bit last year, and I think spring training. Didn't they try to play around in spring training?
0: I don't Not this season. That.
1: Maybe I'm maybe I'm missing the spring training one. They but, but they've been in almost certain the Arizona Fall League and they're going to get a trial in the minors next year. And I think that's going to be it for human umpires. So they're going to they're going to get a trial in the minors. They're going to work out little kinks. Players are going to adjust to the zone, the an actual zone for once. There's going to be no complaining. And I think in that year we're we're going to move them up into the majors the following season and we're going to be done with human umpires as it should be. Get the fuck out you of You think
0: as soon as 2022? Two years. Yeah. Wow. It,
1: I, it, yeah, I don't think they can do it by next year. I think I think people want it next year now. Mudcat is on record saying he wants it next year. I think we get it 2022. They're going to do the little test year. It, it's it's not even just the balls and strikes. The replays, that's that's up to Secaucus in New Jersey to get the, the call right. They get these calls wrong all the time. So
0: you can't have robots determining those type of calls. I'm just
1: saying they've been bad this year. The, the humans have been bad. And they don't know how wide home plate is. They have no concept of the strike zone. It's, it's been trash umpires. The, the zone has somehow gotten lower and higher and wider all, all at the same time. So, But sometimes not.
0: And then some, the ball's right <laughs> over the plate. The,
1: the, the degree of patience I've seen some of these catchers... When the ball is right down the middle and they don't get the call, how they don't lose their shit on the umpire is the most restraint I've ever seen from a player in my life. Because I would, I would lose my shit on you.
0: It is funny watching the catchers hit too. Yeah. Cause they, their reactions on like, you did not just give me that last half.
1: I'd get tossed from every game. (laughs) Cause I'd, I'd be, I'd catch the ball. It's a strike. But you're not emotional. And I would, no, not at all. And I would turn around like, where the fuck did that miss? And I would just get thrown. Like, I'm sick. I can't do it anymore. After a couple of weeks, you know, working the kinks out. Sure. As the season goes on and we're getting into playoff baseball, you can't miss these calls. These are so bad. These are the worst we've ever seen. And I don't think that's hyperbolic to say that. We've, we've watched a lot of baseball. We've, it's been years of this little strike zone. It's this little strike zone is showing how bad the umpires have been, but this year has been by far the worst. Um, I don't care if their their feelings get hurt. The umpire union throws a hissy fit. I don't give a shit anymore. They've been bad at their job and you deserve to lose your job if you suck at it. That's, if, if, if you're an MLB and you are defending the umpires, then you're now the person who should lose their job because this is a fireable offense on the field. The quality on the field has been bad enough to lose your job and if you're in charge and you're running the umpire union and you don't think they should lose the ability to call balls and strikes they're going to stay on the field they're not going to lose their job job they're going to lose the ability to call balls and strikes if you don't think they should lose their ability and you're in baseball you should lose your job because that's poor leadership from you i don't know who's the. maybe it's joe Torre. i don't know whose job that is but someone's bad at their job so that's me on my soapbox how long was that too long you are fired up. I was fired up. I needed to I needed to say it. It's, it's been time. It's been – it's long overdue. I'm at home on my couch screaming about it every night. It's never gotten on the podcast. And we've, we finally needed to get it on the podcast. So there it is. You're welcome. At MLB Umpires Association or whatever. Come at me, bro. I I tweeted MLB all the time about this. So the guys who were called up, Luis Camposano, Jorge Oña, both were kind of surprises, weren't they?
0: Yeah. I mean, especially since we traded for two more catchers.
1: Yeah. So I Mejia's mean, recovering, but then we and we, we traded away Torrens and we traded, traded away Hedges. The, the catcher position was kind of a mess. We thought it was going to be better than this. And in a year where there's no time to recover, I think they had to do something. Yeah. And they got what looks like two pretty good catchers. And then Capusano, who I really, as a young catcher, catchers take a long time to develop because they, they work really hard on the defensive side of the ball. And then also in the clubhouse, learning all the pitchers, learning sequencing, learning how to call a big league game—like that's all really hard stuff. That's that's mental stuff, not just offense, not just defense. They have to learn a whole nother aspect of the game. Most players don't have to, so their development's typically pretty slow. And he's 21 years old. He can hit, and he can hit so much that the Padres thought he needed to be up right now. And he must have been crushing it. Um, the reports are out of the the USD site that he was been, just been crushing the ball which is not a surprise. He was one of the youngest guys in the California League last year. Co-MVP, batting title. I know it's a hitter's league, but there's only one guy who wins the batting title and it was our guy. So I was still surprised to hear him called up just because of how young he is. Uh, when he when they did call him up, I was kind of assuming like, oh, they just want him for the bat. The DH now is the reason why he's up. There's going to be mostly the days he plays are probably going to be mostly him DHing because I don't think they want to overwhelm him with the catcher duties. Right, just let him hit. And we, he DHed that first game and promptly sprained his thumb, hand, something like that. Yeah, hitting oh. a,
0: hitting a home run, sprained it. Yeah, sorry about it.
1: Uh, and then Jorge Oña. so he he went to the he ended up going to the IL and now Jorge Oña's up. Jorge Onya looks like he could play middle linebacker for the san diego chargers you wouldn't want to go over the middle on jorge no he'll light you up um it is nice to see all the young guys coming up though because for a while it was just like oh we kind of sent all the young guys away and it's just tatis and a bunch of veterans uh, infuse some youthful energy back into the into the team campusano and onya and onya you know if we're looking at onya what did he do last year let me let me pull up my notes here for a second.
0: Printed out and everything.
1: Yeah, because my fucking computer, man. Uh, yeah, that's it. So he only played in 89 games at Amarillo last year. And, you know, 22 years old, hit 348, five home runs. So he, the the kind of the scouting report on him is hit a power over, hit tool, and, you know, probably not adding much defensively. You know, in a, you throw him in a corner outfield spot and hope he doesn't hurt you. 2016 international free agency class, obviously, like everybody else, and kind of was a little bit of a disappointment heading into last season and dealt with injuries, only got 25 games in, just under 90 at-bats, but was really good. And it's really hard to tell how these guys are developing, especially him, when there's no minor league season. We don't really have an idea of what's going on at the USD site. Pottery's protected him with that, you know, placing him on the 40-man roster earlier. So the Potteries obviously still really liked him and they didn't trade him with all these other guys that they could have traded. He was, you know, at the top of my list of guys I thought would be traded, didn't trade him. And now he's up. Um, I don't know how much he's going to actually get to participate. This is, this is kind of like his, uh, gap year, I guess you would call it where he's, he's done with school, but he's not really ready to enter the workforce. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So that's Jorge Oña, uh, an internship year. Yeah, if he hits a home run, it's gonna it's gonna go a long way. The dude can mash. If you remember him from spring training, which seems like it was years ago, and Camposano can mash. Uh, the whole team can mash now. Can Greg Garcia mash? No. Can Abraham Almonte mash? Definitely not. Okay. So those are the only <laughs> two guys that aren't mashing. I'm happy they're up. Actually, I, I like having the young guys around. I think this is going to be a really valuable learning season for them. Get a couple at bats at DH. Um, spell a couple of veterans once in a while. And then by the time the playoffs are around, they're probably non-factors.
0: Learn some dance moves in the dugout. I think it, it,
1: be a part of the team this year. We're going to rely on you maybe next year. I think it's important for them to be around guys like Machado and Hosmer and Tatis on a regular basis. I know you're getting some of that at the alternate site with the with the big league coaching and you know some of the veteran minor leaguers that were there. But now they're in the, the major league clubhouse. I think it's going to be really nice for their development going forward. I'm, I'm glad they're both up. And I think they're both going to have, you know, a chance to contribute a little bit now. But, you know, obviously down to crunch time, I don't think we're going to see them on the roster. Any Wade thoughts there? You're just nodding, but, you know, we're on a, we're on a podcast.
0: The uh, people at home can't see my nods? No. You're not the only one to do that. I do
1: that all the time. I was like sh- shaking my head. and like, oh, well, no one can see that. Anyway, before we go, Wade was teasing locks of the week. It's, it's lock of the week time.
0: Target locked. We're back, baby.
1: Yeah, we are back. And we didn't do that. I I was really hot at the end of last year. We didn't keep track of, we kind of just half-assed, kept track of our stats from last year. But I remember getting really hot at the end of the season. Like four or five weeks in a row, we're just nailing those locks of the week.
0: Yeah, you're only as good as your last bet. You kind of ran out of steam. I don't know about that. We'll have to check the tape. Uh, Well, this week we've
1: got got a whiteboard in the studio and it's been wiped clean and we've got a locks of the week in the corner there and we're going to keep track for as long as the season goes. Hopefully it goes the full season.
0: So week one, Wade, what do you got? I am going to take the Los Angeles Rams plus three against the Cowboys at home. And I don't think we even need to bother with the
1: home aways anymore because of the are they're trying to get fans in the in the stands.
0: I think Kansas city is.
1: They're trying to go like 20%, 10%, are. 50%. California will
0: definitely not.
1: Why does it, am I crazy or would it look worse to have your stadium 25% full than 0% full?
0: I don't know. Look at Qualcomm. I guess we'll find out.
1: <laughs> uh, I would just have no fans.
0: Yeah. Uh, but my thinking is just always bet against the Dallas Cowboys. Everyone's always on the Dallas Cowboys, so you're getting more points than usual. It's like them and Notre Dame are the two teams that if you bet on against, you'll most likely win.
1: Funny you say that's the team you should always bet on or bet against because my lock of the week is the Cincinnati Bengals plus three playing the sad, sorry, LA Chargers, Phillip Rivers lists for the first time in what, 15, 16 years or whatever it is. Chargers are not going to be good. I love to hate the Chargers. They are a shit show of franchise. Worst franchise in sports. I think it's hard to debate against that. And I made a lot of money betting against them last year. And I'm going to make some more money this year. And we're taking the Bengals, led by one Joe Burrow. AJ Green is back. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals aren't that bad. Um, I think they can be frisky. And getting three points playing the the Tyrod Taylor chargers like the Bengals might not win, but I think they're going to cover three. So close game Bengals cover. Those are your locks of the week. Also adding to uh, our little betting segment at the end of the show, the believe eliminator challenge, which is being hosted by ESPN. Our show is going to participate in that this year. We did it. I did it last year. And I think uh, as is, the tradition with most Eliminator pool picks, I, around week four, just forgot to do it. Nice. And that's that's how you lose. Yep. <laughs> um, so this week, hopefully Wade helps remind me. Uh, I've got email alerts this year that are going to help remind me. I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. They are giving, I think it's up to nine and a half right now.
0: Is this uh, just, you have to pick them straight up?
1: Yeah, it's Eliminator. So, like, you pick the team that – all they have to do is survive. Survivor pool.
0: Gotcha. But then you can never pick the Chiefs again, correct? Yeah.
1: But this week was scary. I think week one, you don't want to be too cute. I think the Eliminator strategy is, you know, just get that safe one. (laughs) Get it safe out of the way. Watch the Texans win tonight. Yeah. Uh, I also did bet Chiefs – yeah, we're recording this Thursday, so unfortunately you guys won't get to use this as your Eliminator. But I also picked the Chiefs in a a separate bet to cover the 9.5 just because – this is my cheat. You can
0: edit this tomorrow.
1: I can't, what do you think? I'm going to change my work and come back in the studio Just and change not, it. Not
0: Just not, not including. at the it end.
1: <laughs> Potentially. I guess you'll have to listen, but where was I going with that? Um, I did. I picked the chiefs to cover the nine and a half. Um, the chiefs made me a lot of money last year. I always been on the chiefs last year and they always won. So we're gonna do that. That's also your eliminator challenge pick. So week one football season. That happened really quickly. Like in a matter of days, I went from not thinking about football to, oh, football is tomorrow.
0: I almost don't really care. Philip Rivers is gone. True. That was it. Yeah.
1: I can still hate watch the Chargers. I'm fine doing that. So anyway, thank you all for listening. If you enjoy the show, follow the show's Twitter account at Friar Farm Hands. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe. Run all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play,
0: TuneIn, Spotify, iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms.
1: You've been listening to the Believe and Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I am Reinhardt. That was Wade. Talk to you next week.
0: Fuck you, Dean Spanos.
1: try that again. Why do I still sound like shit? There you go. Maybe you just gotta massage it a little bit. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun?
0: Yeah, you get it.